So we're talking about being fired up. I think Lisa's fired up. And uh, that's a great example of being fired up for God. It doesn't mean that we have to be a preacher. or but, but wherever we are, in every circumstance, even in a hospital ward, we can be fired up. And it's about having passionate and enduring commitment to God and His purposes for us. But, you know, I think that even, you know, when I was praying for Hugo this morning, I really believe God puts it within us from when we're born. He puts a purpose within us. He creates us to be something that is going to make a difference in this world. And as we grow and we allow him to grow that up in us with, with our commitment to God, and being passionate about what he wants, then we see amazing things happen. I saw this on the internet and I was you know, preparing for being fired up and I just thought it's only like 10 seconds or 15 seconds. Have a look. That great, that's fired up, and she's got the movement going over and get the cloth and wipe the, the sweaty face. So, uh, being fired up, she's got passionate commitment, that's for sure. Let's hope it endures because there's obviously something in her that's amazing, and I believe she'll be a preacher one day. She, she already is, she already is, and God will do that. You know, um, if you go to one of those places where they serve the wood fired pizzas, they can't be cooked unless the uh, oven is fired up. If you want, you know, if a potter wants their clay pot to be made into ceramic, it can't happen unless the kiln is fired up. A furnace cannot melt metal unless it's fired up. And we cannot fulfil the purpose for which we've been created unless we are fired up. It can't happen in a cold, you know, setting without the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who is the fire in us. And as we allow Him to be present in our lives, He will fire us up to fulfil the purpose for which He has created us. Um, Do you know the story about Abraham and Isaac? Abraham was taking his son. God told Abraham he was going to be the father of many nations. And then He said to him, He was to take his only son and to sacrifice him. Now, That doesn't seem to make sense. If you're going to be the father of many nations and to sacrifice your only son, how is it going to happen? But Abraham was obedient and so he went up the mountain and when they got to the top of the mountain, um, you know, Abraham was preparing for this in in difficult sacrifice and um, Isaac was speaking to his father and this this is what he said. The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Now, thousands of years later, we have the wood, the cross of Calvary, and we have the lamb, Jesus Christ, who's the lamb of God. Do we have the fire? Do we have that passionate and enduring commitment to fulfill God's plan and purpose for our lives? It will only happen through the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But let's look to a story from the Old Testament from a, a, about Elisha. Um, you may have heard this story before, but I'm going to read it through so that we can just familiarise ourselves with it because I think we can learn three important things. There's probably more we can learn from Elisha, but three things I want to bring to your attention this morning. So looking at 2 Kings, chapter 2, verses 1 to 13. 
When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were travelling from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. But Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went down together to Bethel. The group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha and asked him, Did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. But Elisha replied again, As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together to Jericho. Then the group of prophets from Jericho came to Elisha and asked him, Did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. But again Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together. Fifty men from the group of prophets also went and watched from a distance as Elijah and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. Then Elijah folded his cloak together and struck the water with it. The river divided and the two of them went across on dry ground. When they came to the other side, Elisha, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I can do before I am taken away from you. And Elisha replied, Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah replied. If you see me when I'm taken from you, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. As they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men, separating them, and Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel. And as they disappeared from sight, Elisha tore his clothes in distress. Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak, which had fallen when he was taken up. Then Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan River. So God had put a calling on Elisha's life. And for, for this time, as he was learning from Elijah about in being prepared to fulfill the calling he was given. And I think I just want to look at three things that can help us to think about our calling and our purpose in life and how we can remain committed to it. We can remain passionate about it, how we can keep fired up so that we can fulfill what God has called us to do. Firstly, the first thing is that Elisha would not allow anything to distract him from fulfilling his calling on his life. So the first thing, if we want to stay true to what God's purpose is, then we need to ignore distractions. What did Elisha say? He said, As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. He said that three times. Three situations where Elijah said, Just stay here. Don't worry about coming. But Elisha knew the calling that was on his life and he, even although Elijah was his mentor, he knew that he had to stay with him and keep going. There were prophets were there trying to discourage him saying, look, you know, may as well give up, he's going to die anyway. But he wouldn't be distracted by what they were saying. And God has given each of us a mission and a purpose that he wants us to fulfil. 
something to which he wants us to be passionately committed. So what would cause us, what would cause us to get tired and maybe sit out on the sidelines for a while? Or what might cause us even to disengage completely from what God has called us to? I think there are three main distractions. There will be others, but I'm just going to mention three this morning. The first one is busyness. We get so busy. We've got so much on. Our calendars are full from when we rise in the morning to when we go to bed at night. And we're busy and we haven't got time to even stop and think about the calling and to think about our purpose and to be passionate about it because we've got so many other things that we've got to do. And when we're that busy, it's very easy for us to lose our fervour. It's very easy for us to be, to be less passionate because we're not thinking about it. We haven't got time to think about it. And so we get busy and active in what we're doing. And that busyness, while we could be doing very good things with that, in those busy moments, that busyness can be the very thing that will distract us from doing and focusing on what God has for us. And, you know, I've heard it said that, um, you know, if you're committed to what God's called you to do in your life, then Satan doesn't have to do much to tempt you about that. He just needs to keep you busy. If he keeps you busy, then really often there's not time to do the things that we need to do. So busyness can be a distraction. Another thing that can be a distraction is people. In that story of Elisha, there was Elijah who was his leader, and in some ways, he was sort of saying, oh, don't worry about it. That could have been a distraction for him if he, if he just said, oh, okay then. And listening to a person instead of listening to God. What was God saying to Elisha? Elisha he was saying to um, Elisha, you need to keep going. You need to keep going and stay with it. Stay with it until it comes. The prophets were saying, oh, look, you know, he's going to die anyway. And so it's easy if we listen to people. People can put doubts into our minds. People actually can be a distraction. We should be encouragers and we should be spurring one another on to what God has for us. But sometimes, because we're human and we just want to make sense of things, we bring a human perspective to things and sometimes that can distract us from God's perspective, from seeing what God has to say to us. And so we have to be careful. We need to make sure that if we're listening to people, that, that we're, we're listening more to God, that we're not allowing the words of people to become a distraction so that we lose our passion to fulfil what God has called us to. The third thing that can be a distraction, I think, is our, are our doubts. We, we go on this journey and we begin to think, you know, well, I wonder, like Lisa was saying this morning, you know, like, you know, she, she, she knew God, but then these, these doubts come into our mind and then we start to ask questions and we begin to get distracted by those doubts. We begin to wonder if God is who he says he is. We're singing this morning, that is who you are. We're declaring truth about who God is, but it's very easy for doubts to distract us from the truth. And before we know it, we lose our fervour, we lose our passion. It's easy to become lukewarm about what we're doing because we're beginning to question God, we're beginning to wonder about who God is. It's a distraction to fulfilling the purpose that God has for us. And very quickly, we go cold when that happens. So as we go on in the story, we see that another aspect of Elisha is that he knew his destiny. He knew what God had called him to and he was fired up, 
passionately committed to that destiny. He saw the big picture. He got it. He knew that God was calling him to something that was far beyond what he could imagine. God wanted him to do something bigger than what he was currently doing. And to be passionate about God's purpose for you, you must have a sense of destiny of which God is calling you to be a part. It's not something that you create. It's what he creates. He has created your destiny for you. And we need to know him to know our destiny. And so if we're going to stay passionate, we can't do it if we don't know that destiny because where are we going? You can't stay passionate about something that you don't know about. And so therefore we need to seek God. If, we, if you don't know your destiny, then seek God for that. Because once he gives it to you, you cannot help but want to fulfil it. And I found that recently in this journey. Last week you met blessings from Malawi. And when God stirred up this passion, this, this, this destiny within me and, and the direction for education in Malawi, you know, honestly, it's been nearly, nearly probably three and a half years ago. But God has just kept that, I've known that destiny really clearly. And because of that, it's kept me passionately committed to it. Even although there's lots of things that, that have come along the way that seem to make it difficult, that's the plan. That's where God wants us to go. And if we have that in our mind, then we will stay passionate. We will stay committed. We will stay fired up if we know our destiny. We may not be in it right now. We, you know, I'm not in Malawi right now. Will I ever be? I don't know. I don't know what God wants. I just know that he's called me to take steps for that. Whether it's for me to be there or not, I don't know. That doesn't matter. It's about his purpose and his plan. And sometimes we think that we're sitting in the second row, we haven't got the front seat, and we think, oh, well, we begin to you know, become disengaged because of that. But you know, talk to any sportsman who is a reserve. They train as hard as the people who are on the field. They train ready so that when they're called up, they are ready. They're committed to what they have to do. Even although they're a reserve, they're ready. Or talk to a musician who plays to an audience of 10 while others are playing to thousands. Do they, play, do they practice less? Do they perform you know, at a lower standard? No, they play as if they're playing to audiences of thousands. They rehearse and practice as if they are. They'll play for the 10 or they'll play for the 50. They're being passionate about what God's called them to so they're ready when the time comes. If we go back to that scripture from 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9, it said, When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I can do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha replied, Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. He knew what God had called him to, and he knew that he couldn't do it by himself. He knew that not only did he need a double what Elijah had to be able to fulfill the calling that God had put on his life. You see, serving God is not a walk in the park. It's not for the faint-hearted. But knowing our destiny and being fired up by the Holy Spirit will enable us to commit to God's purpose for the long haul. When we started this church, it's 20 years ago this year. 20 years ago. And God called us out. There was 10 of us. And we met for the first time in a house in Candlebark Way, and with 23 people. And God called us out. And it's only as we keep his purpose that we could walk those years and keep walking. 
and stay committed to what he'd called us to, to fulfill his purpose here on earth as he wants us to. It's him, it's only he that keeps us fired up. Have there been times where I've thought, this is all too hard? There are, there have been. But you know, when I get my eyes back on God and get them off myself and on my, off my circumstances and keep my eyes on him and his purpose, it stirs me up again. It fires me up to serve him with passionate, enduring commitment. It's he who fans the flame, not me. He fires us up. He makes us fit and ready for what he's called us to do. And the third thing is that Elisha's determination kept him fired up even during the hard times, even during those times when he had to wait. Now, it's hard to remain passionate when nothing is happening. You know, when you see no way forward, it's hard to stay passionate and fired up. But if we don't, there's a danger that we miss out. I think about the parable that Jesus told about the 10 girls who were the bridesmaids and they were waiting for the bridegroom and the bride to come and uh, and so they were in this town waiting and they were long in coming you know how sometimes at a wedding the bride can be very late and we're all waiting for it well this was a lot that they were there and in the tradition of this day they used to have oil lamps that would bring light and so while they were waiting, they sort of got a bit tired and they fell asleep and they didn't think about what they should be doing to fulfill the purpose. And as a result, five of them fell asleep, their oil burnt out altogether and they hadn't thought ahead about having oil spare to be able to continue and fulfill their purpose. And when the bridegroom came along, the five that had focused and been determined about what they were called to do even although they'd had sleep, they had spare oil ready and they could light up their lamps and go with the bridegroom. But those that hadn't were left behind and missed out. You see, we have to, you know, we can get tired in waiting and that's, hum that's our humanness. But if we keep our eyes on what God has called us to, we're determined to fulfill his purpose and stay with it, being prepared as we need to, even in times of waiting for it, we will see it come to pass. Elisha knew that God had anointed him for a special ministry, but it didn't happen right away. Elisha didn't get this calling because he was anybody special. You could think maybe he was someone really special that he was called to do this. No, he wasn't. He wasn't the son of someone who had a great position in a church or something like that. He was a farmhand ploughing oxen working for his father when God called him. And he, walked, he, he worked with Elijah and worked in, in preparing for this for 10 years. 10 years. He worked humbly and with a servant heart, knowing what God wanted for him and being determined not to give up until he got it. During the hard times, during those times when God doesn't answer the prayer, our prayers the way he want, we want them, him to. During those times when we have to wait and wait and wait, it's easy for the fire to go out. It's easy for our commitment to weaken and for our passion to feel like we've had a bucket of cold water poured on it. But what will keep us committed? Elisha shows us. Determination. And where does that come from? It comes from humility. It comes from knowing it's not about you. 
It comes from knowing that it's all about him. It's not about how good we are or what we can do. It's about how great he is and how, what he can do through us. And it's about a servant heart. And as we humbly wait on God and serve him and trust him with the timing of the plan, he will keep our fashion, f- passion alive. He will keep us fired up. He will empower us to remain faithful and determined during those times. And let me tell you, the time will come. Back to the story of Elisha. Suddenly a chariot of fire with horses of fire came and swept Elijah up and he departed. And while he was going, he dropped down his mantle and Elisha grabbed it. Right at that moment, something supernatural took place. He received the double portion blessing. And it was proven in the fact that he struck the Jordan River and the river parted. The dead were raised in the, across his life. The dead were raised. Miracles were performed double the amount that Elijah did. In fact, when, when Elijah died, he, he was one short of doubling the number of miracles that Elijah had performed. But what happened was that even after he had died, the power was still flowing in him. And they put his body on a person who had died and that person came to life. The fire was still burning. The Holy Spirit was still at work and the dead were raised because of the power inside of him. Let me tell you, God is still looking to put a fire in our bones. He is looking to stir up. And anoint us like never before. He wants this of us. This is the hour when God is raising up people who do not want to settle for ordinary religious lifestyles, but are hungry to do something great for God. This is the day when God is looking to baptise people with fresh fire, a fire of Pentecostal power. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to be fired up as never before. If you're going to reach this place, you have to want it. You've got to want it more than life itself. You've got to realise that this this earthly life is so short and there's a much greater life than this, a heavenly life. And if we want to see God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, then we need to allow Him to use us, to fire us up so we can fulfil the purpose and, and other people can know this life as we know it. You have to be hungry for God more than ever before. And God will give it. God will give it to you. Just as He did to Elisha. Elisha didn't allow the distractions to tempt him to leave the side of Elijah. And he knew his destiny and he was determined to pursue God with passionate and enduring commitment until he received the blessing. And we need to do the same. We need to do the same. Let me remind you of something that John the Baptist said. He'd been baptising people in the Jordan River with water. And then he said, someone's going to come after me greater than me. Jesus. He will baptise you with fire and with the Holy Spirit. That fire of the Holy Spirit, it will cleanse you. That fire will bring you power. That fire will bring change. It will bring breakthrough for you. It will cause you to worship in the Spirit. It will cause you to pray in the Spirit. It will cause you to serve in the Spirit. This church needs to be fired up. I need to be fired up. 
We all need to be fired up with passionate and enduring commitment. The Holy Spirit fire needs to be much more than a story from the early church. It needs to be a right now reality. So I'm gonna invite you to stand and pray. Lord, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control. Reach out to Him, want more of Him. Come on, let's, let's believe for this church. Let's see Him do the miracle. Let him, let's see Him do what He wants to do in each one of us. Let's pray, set a fire down in my soul.